Minister Barbara Creasy has in front of her a piece of legislature, a bill, if you will, uh, that seeks to make it a legal obligation um, for municipalities um, and government institutions, especially municipalities, to have a climate management plan or a climate disaster plan or a climate change plan, uh, whatever the terminology will end up being. And the plan has to illustrate uh, very clearly how the municipality intends on dealing uh, or at least mitigating the future climate or impending climate disaster and a bunch of other things. But the idea here and the goal here is really effectively on building climate resilient municipalities and, and, and so that at least we can avoid the impact it will have on lives and infrastructure. I mean, the infrastructural damage to uh, uh, KZN is, is, is tremendous, insurmountable, right? Um, because insurmountable because there won't be enough resources to restore it really to where it was before the disaster. And if we do restore it, at what cost will that come? Um, you know, not just financial cost, right, but at what cost that will uh, come in terms of everything else, the climate itself. And the fundamental question here is, what does it look like? I'm not a climate expert. I don't know if you are as a listener today. And I don't know if you know what to ask your mayor at the next meeting or what to ask your ward councillor at the next ward meeting about your municipality's climate plan. Where do we even begin as non-experts around climate issues? I just know that the earth is warming up and that it needs to stop, that we need to change our lifestyles. But what do those changes look like? How do we plan um, at, 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 at an infrastructure level? How do we plan um, at a functioning level? Joining me for this conversation is Advocate Toto uh, Fiduli, who is part of the South African Council of Architectural Professionals. Um, Advocate Fiduli, uh, what does a climate-resilient municipality look like? Uh, Good evening to you, Oliver, and to your listeners, and uh, thank you for having us. Perhaps before we even commence, I must put a disclaimer that I'm not a climate expert, but I'm able to to speak to the issues that you have raised. Look, I think, I think the, the key thing uh, that we need is, is that when we plan our infrastructure, we need to make sure that we factor in uh, climate change so that when disasters occur, then we are able to um, have less facilities that, than we've had recently. So I think, I, I think it, it, the planning is quite critical because what we've noted is that lots of people have built in, um, in, in low-lying areas. Um, you know, and, and, and when it rains uh, too much than expected, then you must know that there's going to be flooding. So infrastructure, it's quite critical that we, we have, you know, uh, building environment professionals involved in planning. You know, we've got professional architects out there. We've got engineers, uh, we've got town planners, you know, uh, project managers, all these key, key critical um, uh, skills and competencies are required for municipalities to be able to, to build and prepare you know, for these disasters. Mm, mm. You know, I'm a big yeah. fan of watching these uh, uh, mega buildings show on, on, on Netflix and you know, National Geographic. And I, I remember distinctly 10 years ago, there was a, a, a big deal around archi- a green architecture, right? Mm. Planning buildings that um, 
are environmentally friendly, you know, and, and, and big things were being done. And, and, you know, in South Africa used to be a part of the global competition around that buildings that are completely solar powered and um, that are able to retain heat in winter and cool down in summer and all of these things making use of the natural resources of the environment or whatever the case may be. Is that what you mean by the reimagination of how we plan architecturally uh, or is it a lot more detailed and complex than that? Well, certainly, I think you've, you've got it. I mean, I think we've got um, a structure called the Green Building South Africa, and, and, and they are responsible for championing some of the things that you've mentioned in terms of how we design the buildings for the future. But I think the biggest challenge, if you look at the local authorities, we do not have the right skills and the right competencies to be able to drive the infrastructure of the future that we need to be able to, to, to withstand the climate change that is coming. That is a challenge. So we need to recapacitate them. The minister can talk about the police, but we have so many policies in South Africa that are very good. But the question is, have they been properly implemented? And do we have the right people to implement those policies? And that's a challenge that I think we, we must all face. And, and our view as the South African Council for the Architectural Profession is that the starting point is precisely to get the correct skills. We need to get the correct skills in place at the local authorities, and then we can start with a proper plan. Let's start with and, that, and, what, what that, what that skills base and skill set looks like. Uh, what are the correct skills or the necessary skills, and, and, and which of those do we lack? Well, I don't think we lack the skills. The skills are there in abundance. I mean, the first thing, if you're talking about buildings, you, you must talk about architecture. You need architectural professionals to plan and design spaces for you. And we need them to flood all these municipalities. You need engineers uh, to be able to make sure that our structures can withstand you know, um, uh, these disasters. You need uh, uh, engineers to be able to make sure that uh, we've got uh, good structures that can make sure that uh, if it rains, then we know that water, water can be channeled you know, to, to other areas and, and not in areas where people uh, are, are residing. We need quantity surveyors. These are people who are going to have to, to be able to calculate for us how much it's going to cost us for us to build this particular structure. These are critical skills that we have in South Africa. But I, 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 what I don't understand, are, are you saying that government's not making use of these skills at the moment? But I don't think that, uh, you know, our professionals are being used appropriately. I think... You know, we had a discussion with the president of our council that uh, if you look at the manner in which the RDP homes have been designed, they are not being designed appropriately. And it is because uh, we don't have professional architects involved in, 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 in these, in these um, RDP homes. If you check, most of them are actually placed far away from, from towns, from schools and all that, and people must spend money for them to travel, you know, to, these, uh, uh, to, to work to school and all that. You, you need to make sure that there's a comprehensive planning in that uh, these these RP homes are next to, 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 to working areas, they are next to schools, and also uh, they must be designed in a way that people can be able to walk, you know, you know that kind of a com- comprehensive design that, that we, which we're talking about. But we, we're mm-hmm. not seeing that. But, but you know, uh, we, we ha- I had an issue with um, the union settlement in case that, you know, they issued a call and, 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 and uh, calling for professionals to come in and help um, with the disaster. And they did not call professional architects or architectural professionals. And I asked them a question, why? And they simply said to me, we don't need um, um, architectural professionals. We, need, we only need structural engineers. 
But I think if, if, if we want holistic planning, we need all professionals on board. And then in that way, we can be able to, if the policy is in place, then the policy can be properly implemented. And I can tell you now, also, the municipalities, uh, uh, they've, they've got a legislation called the National Bill Regulation and Standards Act. Yeah. That legislation uh, says that no one can erect a building without approval. But the problem is that the municipality is not able to enforce that legislation because they don't have capacity. Some municipalities don't even have a building control officer. That's why you find that people are building anyway. And when disaster struggles, then you see areas have been flooded because there's no proper planning. There's yeah. no way that if you get a professional to be involved in, in, in your building, you'll have those kind of challenges. Let's it say, will be let's, there, of course, but it will be minimal. Let's say uh, a mayor of a far-flung municipality calls you up and they say, Advocate Fidule, uh, I need you to help me to put together a, a, a think tank of sorts, a task team of sorts that will help me plan and implement, um, uh, you know, uh, the right plan for our infrastructure and our build environment uh, in ways that it responds to the climate crisis. Uh, I, I, I've got space here for six, seven people on this uh, uh, committee. Um, wh- who do I get? What skills are immediately placed on that uh, with the advice you give? Well, in my view, the first skill that you need there, because you've got buildings, you need architectural professionals. Uh, you've got structures there, you need engineers to be on board. You need quantities are there who must count for you, how much you need for you to be able to build uh, those structures. You need project managers who must manage the project and make sure that the project is completed in line with the budget and in line with the timeline. And there's no way that you find that the project can run for 10 years and the budget just it's, it runs over budget, you know, with, with millions of rent. You'll never find that if, you, if you've got a proper team in place that can take care of, of, of the project. So I'll, I would have uh, those key environment professionals in, in 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 that particular task. Okay, uh, that's 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 an interesting place to start. Give us a call. The number is 011-714-2006. Send us a WhatsApp voice note zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. Do you perhaps work in the built environment? Do you perhaps work in climate in the in the climate change environment? What sort of advice do you give a minister tomorrow? Uh, if that minister has to put together some sort of think tank, some sort of task team, some sort of committee um, responsible for planning uh, and executing its climate plan and mandate. Give us a call and tell me what you would do. Tweet me at Oliver underscore speaking. Colin out in Cape Town. Good evening. Good evening, Oliver. First time I'm speaking to you. Good evening to your guest. Thank you so much for calling. Good really evening. do appreciate it. What's on your you mind? Know, Go ahead. You know, your guest is 100, 100. Hundred percent. When you do any construction, any planning, anything that you want to do, even build a house, you need an architect. Now, the problem in this country is we have so many civil engineers for bridges, we have architects, we have a Top quality engineers, plumbers, and things like that. Do you know, we if if you do a survey, you'll find out how many skilled ex-artisans and engineers are sitting at home, but they won't get employed by this government. They won't get employed by the engine uh, by, by the municipality. Now, when it comes to climate change, we can not actually stop it unless 
the whole world stops it. But we can contribute it. We human beings also contribute to our disaster. Stormwater drains, tires, and materials, and all those things get flushed down. People uh, litter in the streets, plastic bottles, all those things. We as human beings in this country, we are contributing to disaster also. Now, the problem is this. I would, your guess is so right. You've got to have qualified. A, a quantity engineer can tell you how much bricks you need, how much cement you need, how much that and how much that. And, and our quotations is over the, uh, I would say over the roof. People are getting backhands from municipalities and things like that. Yeah. Please get get our municipalities and this government must get retired, semi-retired people, engineers, plumbers, electricians, and even at ESCOM we need electricians. Yeah. We've got yeah. To, yeah. Thank you, you so much. understand my point? Yes, Colin. Completely get Thank your you. point. Really, really do appreciate it. Colin out in Cape Town. Uh, uh, Advocate uh, Fiduli, it seems like Colin agrees with you that there's an abundance of skills. On a, on a global level, how comparative are the South African skills base? Are we, are we globally competitive? Can we place ourselves in the emerging or the top performing countries in reimagining our environment? Um, and does our skills meet that reimagination? Do we have the right sort of engineers? You know, I mean, this government has yeah. no qualm about importing Cuban engineers um, and very quick to say, we, well, we don't have the right you know, uh, experienced engineers. Yeah. Um, th- we may have an abundance in terms of numbers, and and I'm not so sure that we do, but assuming that we do, um, are they at the right level of performance? Well, certainly at the right level of performance. In fact, um, I remember when the issue of the Cuban engineers was raised, the Engineering Council did raise this issue, say that we have abundance of skills. In fact, um, uh, the, the standard of education of engineering or architecture is aligned in terms internationally. You know, ECSA is a member of very many international structures that make sure that the standard of education is equal. The same applies to, to, to architecture. We are a member of Canberra Court, and our education standards are aligned internationally. So somebody who's qualified here in South Africa can go and easily practice in, in the UK or even the US. In fact, we are the secretariat for the, for the Canberra Court. Yeah. That, that makes sure that the, the architecture education is standard worldwide. So we took over the road this year. So I can assure you that our education is co- is compatible with the world. Yeah. The difficulty that we have is that our government is not open to make sure that they bring the skills on board. And I think it's because of corruption, because they know that if they bring these professionals in, they will not be able to eat. And that's the problem we have. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. we must be friendly about these issues, because these things are going to impact on the future generations. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. C- c- corruption is a big problem there, and, and, and we do need to address it. Um, but before we address corruption, we have to ask the question, is there the political will to take uh, the climate mandate serious? Um, and by that, and, and the extension of that, is there a political will uh, to bring on board the right sort of people to execute uh, the political will of that mandate? So I'm asking you, do you think our po- yeah. politicians take this problem serious? Well, it seems that they do take it serious because, um, as I said earlier on, there's a body called Green Bill in South Africa. There's also the, the, the South African Bureau of Standards. 
they, they, they have all the standards of building materials that can be used for climate change, but also green building as well. Um, it, it, you spoke about solar, you spoke about all the other things. They, 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 they have all the standards and, and the, the material that must be used. But is government using those structures to the benefit of South Africa? I don't think so. As I said, um, we've got uh, you know the four councils in the, or five or six councils in the Bell environment. It's all professionals, all technical skills. But if you can call any council today, they will tell you that you know we don't have work. But 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 when you look around, infrastructure is is is, is actually deteriorating. Yeah, infrastructure is not being built. In fact, you know uh, the infrastructure that we are relying on was not built to accommodate this capacity that we have today because of urbanization. A lot of people have moved into into urban centers, and the infrastructure is not responding. You talk about uh, you know education um, uh, infrastructure, talk about schools, talk about hospitals, you know all these things. So there's still a backlog in terms of infrastructure in this country. And if government is going to have these policies and they are not going to make sure they're involved, the right thinker skills to be able to implement then we're not going anywhere. I can assure you yeah. that. Government often says that we don't have the money to address the infrastructure problem, not that we uh, don't want to address the infrastructure problem or that we don't have the right skills or the right planning for it. Uh, do you think it's true that they don't have the money for it? Look, money is a challenge. I think most countries will have difficulty with money, but with proper budgeting and proper spending, uh, we should be able to address some of the infrastructure issues. Because, I mean... You know, if you look at some of the infrastructure that that that, that uh, you know was washed away by by by, by water in Kenya, and you can see of the poor workmanship, you know, shoddy work, you know, and that's why some of these things are falling apart. It's not it's not because you know um, um, uh, government did not put in money there. Money was put there, but there were no right skills in place to make yeah. sure that there's no shoddy workmanship. Yeah, I mean, it it still but baffles me how. Yeah, it still baffles me how uh, after it rains, uh, you know, <laughs> we have new potholes or, uh, you know, how bridges are um, precarious after it rains. And, and, and it, it shows um, that the quality of work that went into that was in deeply, deeply questionable. Uh, let's let's have a listen at some of the voice notes on the line and then we'll give you uh, the last comment, uh, Advocate Fiduli, okay. as we wrap up. Good evening, Mr. Ori. It's Fred the truck driver. You know what? It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. People don't have land, proper land. That's why you see these bond houses. Those people, they can afford to buy land and then tomorrow there's bond houses everywhere. But people from the shacks, they are not afforded that opportunity to get that land. And they don't have money to buy all that material, you know, that all metal, steel, all that concrete to build proper things. That's why people end up building in those low-lying areas. It, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to find that to figure out that the people, they don't have land to build proper housing. They can build house, houses, proper houses, but they don't have the land. Hi, Mr. Oliver, it's uh, deep again here. Listen here, we do have those professionals like architects, engineers, and stuff like that. The main problem of those engineers and architects is when uh, they caught the government. They hold the government in, in a ransom. Remember, this is your country. Huh? These people, they hold the government in a ransom. In a ransom. Or even these people, they are building RDP houses. They are just doing the same. Have you noticed 
that was 60 shakes there in Lipopo that they costed like 100 and something million rand for 60 shakes. How, how can 60 shakes cost like 100 and something million rand? Oliver, honestly, this country is going to the drains, man. Thanks, man. You are doing good show there, but it's a, a heartbreaking. Thanks. Yes, Oliver. Yeah, that is possible, man. That is possible by by investing strongly in infrastructure and take those students that you pay NS fast for in the varsities, in the TVET colleges, take experienced people who no longer have jobs and put them there and they, they experienced engineers to run the, the, the infrastructure so that when the disaster comes, we're already prepared. If you can take the drainage system, they do make the drainage, but they don't even make sieve so that it can trap the dirt and the, 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 the plastic, all those things. So, uh, yes, we are capable as South Africans. We have abilities, we have talent, we have resources, but we don't have leadership that have plan. We have ideas. Those who are in power, they don't have any idea. Yeah, that seems to be the common sentiment that those in power have run out of ideas. Advocate Dr. Fiduli, uh, just in the final minute, what's your closing remarks? Yeah. Look, I think the issue of infrastructure, I, I think the municipality there, I think they are doing us the service. People should not be allowed to, you know, just erect, you know, checks anywhere they want to. There, there must be proper regulations and there must be proper enforcement. So I think you know, we need to capacitate municipalities to make sure that they don't allow, you know, people just to build anyway. You know, people must be built in the right areas that have been certified that they are safe. And and, and also, I mean, uh, they commented about the skills pipeline. I mean, we we have a clear skills pipeline in this country to yeah. make sure that um, we are able to assist with the infrastructure delivery project. And all we are calling for government is to make sure that they involved build environment professionals in all these projects. Let's yeah. allow them to run to run these projects for you, and then you'll see success. Yeah, absolutely. And when, when climate changes happens, then uh, we'll be in a better place. Yeah. Advocate Fiduli, thank you so much for your time. Really, really do appreciate it. That is Advocate Toto Fiduli, is the registrar at the South African Council for the Architectural Professional. Uh, let's take your news, Buzoleka.